Welcome back to another episode of the Ruby Rogues podcast. This week on our panel, we have Valentino Stoll. Hey, now. I'm Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs. This week, we have a special guest, and that's Landon Gray. Landon, do you want to say hello and introduce yourself? Hello. Uh, I'm Landon Gray. Uh, I'm a senior uh, consultant at Testable, uh, a software consultancy. We're fully remote, and we work on uh, Rails applications, React, you name it. So. Yeah, yeah, we've had uh, Justin Searles on the show a few times, so uh, we we know a little about Testable. Good folks yeah. over there. So, um, you gave a talk at RailsConf, and then at uh, Blue Ridge Ruby, you, you gave talk about AI and Ruby. And I think, as I've talked to people about AI and Ruby, they're usually actually just calling out to some other system written in some other language. Mm-hmm from the Ruby application, is it, is that what we're talking about? Or are we talking about actually doing the AI work in Ruby? Yeah, that's what we're, we're, we're talking about doing the AI work in Ruby. Um, oh, so, wow. Yay! Yay! <laughs> we are not losers! No, no pie call, if anyone knows what that is. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. So, so you want to give us kind of the 10,000-foot view on this? Like, what can we do? What's possible? How do we approach it? Yeah, so turns out there's a lot we can do uh, with just native Ruby uh, and and machine learning. So kind of a little bit of history, a little bit of background. So uh, a lot of people have been kind of working on calling some of the Python libraries uh, using uh, a Ruby gem, or I don't know if it's a Ruby gem, but a Ruby code called uh, PyCall, which lets you call that Python to use machine learning libraries in your Ruby. Uh, but I was like, well, why can't we do this in, in, in native Ruby? Like, I was just plagued by that question. You know, why is there no support? And I sort of landed, and, and just in general, like, why aren't, why can't, why aren't Rubyists doing more of this? Why has Python mm-hmm. sort of taken over this whole landscape? And sort of the, where I landed on was two things. One of them was maybe they just got a little bit of a head start, you know, um, and a lot of people were using Python, and so that kind of caught on. Um, the other thing was I kept hearing that Ruby was slow, and that kept annoying me because uh, you know understanding how languages work, you know Python's not it's not a compiled language. Mm-hmm. You know it's like w- what's it doing under the hood? And it turns out like a lot of libraries are calling underneath the hood. You know C libraries or C C plus plus libraries. I don't know one of the two or right. or something else. And I'm just like, okay, well that that's Cheat, that's cheating to say, you know, Ruby's slow and, and you're using Python, and that's suspect. And also, I don't really <laughs> trust you because, you know, there's, there's, you care too much about white space. So I started embarking on a journey <laughs> to just sort of learn, learn ML in Python. I, I took a class early, uh, in the last year, early this year, and I was trying to take those techniques and move them over to the Ruby world. And so that's kind of okay. how I got into like, hey, I'm going to give this talk to get people excited about using Ruby, like the language they want to use in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. You're hearing a lot of the same things I'm hearing, right? And so... Yeah. What we're talking about here is machine learning, right? Which is kind of different from AI in that mm-hmm. AI is like pretty much just large language models at this point, <laughs> which mm-hmm. in machine learning is like a very specific sect of machine learning, right? Like neural networks. 
Yeah. So I, I think about like AI is the big circle. Uh, I think I was listening to, to, to another podcast you had with some folks from Databricks talking about machine learning. And I, I don't know if it was there or someplace else where people were harping on like getting on top of the term AI, that it's like a marketing buzz buzz term. You know, it, it's kind of just a superset. And then within it, you know, you have machine learning or you have LLMs or you have neural networks. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, machine learning is, yeah. Sorry, I lost lost my train of thought. But sorry, you were saying again. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious. Like, uh, our, like I didn't see your RailsConf talk, um, mm-hmm. but it, I, is the work that you're focusing on more of like uh, very specific sets of machine learning, or it, was it focused on the bigger picture? Uh, like, where where are you focused on? Yeah. So right now, yeah, in terms of area of machine learning I was kind of interested in. I was just really trying to present the idea and show people that this concept could actually work. There there are several, um, there are a handful of like Ruby or Rails talks that if you Google around, people will talk about, hey, you can do some, you know, machine learning in, in Ruby. Um, but I was like, where's the code? Where's the code? And I wanted to build out a project. So I have a full project built out um, it's actually in the Docker. You can download the Docker container and everything. Um, and it's it's the whole project I built to present at Ruby's Conf and Browns Conf to say like, hey, here's the code. I'm giving it mm-hmm. to you. You can do it. And um, I just picked a really simple uh, model. Uh, so I did like uh, linear regression, which a lot of us are familiar with uh, from the equation y equals mx plus b, the equation of a line. Um, and I just, I built out a project to kind of predict the weather using some historical weather data I got, um, from some site, uh, but the weather data was like the, the Atlanta, uh, weather. Uh, and yeah, so that's kind of how I, I went about it. And that was kind of the area I focused on. I'm, I'm trying to, I don't know if I want to publicize this as, as I, I, we'll see if I actually finish, but I'm trying to implement a neural network from scratch, um, and that some of the ones I've seen Ooh, from Python just to get, yeah, just to, just to better understand how things work under the hood. Um, cause I don't just want a high level understanding. I want to understand how these tools work and like, what are, what, what's the sigmoid function? What's, you know, what's back propagation and all that stuff? Like I want to understand all, all of it. So, you know, we can, we can, we can do more of it in, in the Ruby space. And I, I personally think that if we can get more people doing machine learning type work, and using Rails, I don't really think there's a faster way. There are well, there are options, but it's really fast to like prototype an app in Rails if you can also have the machine learning piece at a low cost and not have to learn all the data science. If someone does that legwork for you and, and guides you in the right direction, like we could, you know, it could really explode and people could be like, "Yo, I'm gonna start a startup," you know, and slap on a gem and, and do a lot of really cool stuff right out the gate. Yeah, it's really interesting to see the trajectory of things with large language models kind of taking over as like the general purpose. This is how you'll be doing machine learning, <laughs> which I don't mm-hmm. think we're quite there yet uh, because of just how expensive it is <laughs> to compute a lot <laughs> of this stuff. Right? Like anytime you want to like take one of these large language models locally or on device or, or something like mm-hmm. this, right? It's just like, it's slow because you don't have the resources, right? And yeah. or it's expensive, right? Like those are the two options. <laughs> so like you either spend a ton of money and then like have to host everything yourself and like 
have to do all this compute yourself or you're like spending the money to like have somebody else do that right and so it's like kind of interesting because like from what i've done machine learning it's like you pick a very specific model that you're that targets the problem that you want to solve like linear mm-hmm. regression happened to be a perfect one mm-hmm. for the weather modeling right uh, and you don't have not to, really. Or, or maybe not perfect. Maybe not perfect. But like it, you, it was maybe a simple. Learned, it was a simple model. I can show people. There's, there's right. a lot of better, better, uh, better, better models you could pick. <laughs> but but as an example, right? Like you could pick a, another model uh, that can produce better results now. And now that you've had it in Ruby, you can calculate things a little bit differently. Uh, but what I what I'm getting at is like the you know the AI like conglomerate to just dump whatever your problem is into it uh, is not really like, not really a tangible asset at this point. And it, all these other like machine learning uh, pieces where you just want to train something and find, you know, a generalization about the data. Like there are plenty of models out there that are small, much smaller and do the same work, you know, that target your problem uh, in a much more efficient way. Uh, and I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like Ruby is great at you know doing those very specific tasks rather than the more generic compute ones. So I'm curious what your experience maybe uh, like taking it to the next level, like pushing the boundaries of that compute. Have you noticed like performance wise, like any issues as you're running churning uh, through the data with Ruby versus like a Python library or something like that? So I haven't noticed too many issues. I know, um, I'm sure like some of the Python libraries are a little bit more performant as people are really heavily working on like speeding them up. And um, actually, admittedly, there's there's one method where I'm updating all the rows in my project that if someone runs it, it takes a really long time. But it's not it's not a limitation necessarily of Ruby. It's just of how I did it, and maybe that particular library wasn't as efficient at handling it. I'll probably blame myself, um, but I don't really see like like a bottleneck or anything like that. Um, yeah, I think. So I'm curious then, like, how are you? Uh, where are you getting models? <laughs> I guess number one, and how how are you applying them, like, in the Ruby context? Yeah. So in terms of where I get models from. Um, so when I initially started building different projects out, uh, it was part of a class, a course called Great Learning. And uh, a lot of the models are contained in like, uh, like you use the libraries, NumPy and Pandas, and those have all the different models that you could want. So you could, you know, use a linear regression model or you could use something else. Um, and when I started doing it in Ruby, I had to poke around and figure out. Uh, so, so for my project, I use, uh, there's a gem called Rumali. Uh, it has a bunch of different machine learning models that you can use. And I just use the linear regression one there, but there's other people who have built like models, um, that you, you can, you can, or gyms that have like linear regression or K nearest mean or a neural network that you could use and you just leverage what, what they have. Um, that's kind of how you do it. But, uh, there's, there's also, and I haven't done this yet. I, I, I've been wanting to see. So, Hugging Face is a company that now hosts a bunch of, you know, mm-hmm. different models, and it's really, really popular. And I've been thinking about like, well, how do I, how do I integrate with that? 
like how do I pull that into a Rails application? Like th- these are the things that I want to try to like figure out uh, because that's the part where if we can kind of crack that code, it really doesn't matter, you know, what model anyone wants to use. They could just go up, pull the model that they want for their use case, and then fine tune it for their 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 use case and problem set. Um, so that's that's kind of where I'm trying trying to push it. Yeah, that's cool. I'm, I'll be I'd be interested to find out uh, how you integrate Hugging Face. I've been Avoiding Elixir's uh, Bumblebee, <laughs> which, <laughs> which they claim now is uh, you know very easily integratable with Hugging Face, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, so uh, I, I'm hoping that Ruby brings something. <laughs> yeah, um, that would be great. Because yeah, I mean, Hugging Face is uh, kind of like the de facto source for models now. It seems, um, <laughs> which is kind of funny. <laughs> Because didn't they like uh, open source one of the first, uh, or I forget where the uh, the first large language uh, open source stuff landed? I feel like it was on Hugging yeah, Face. Maybe I, I know one of the big tech companies. Didn't they leak their model and then it was or oh, yeah, something Facebook? like that happened? <laughs> Facebook and it got exposed, and it's like, oh, here it is. You know, that wasn't supposed to go out. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm curious if that uh, if that was is purposeful it, or not. So, Hugging Face is a hosted AI solution, or they do provide hosting now, where you can uh, spin up compute for specific models and stuff. Okay, um, but before you would just bring it into your own app, and then before it's like the GitHub for data modeling. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how they've uh, model or. Marketed themselves, and I mean, doing pretty well at it. <laughs> you yeah. can take uh, pretty much pretty much any model you can imagine and download it and get it running locally. Uh, but you know, it, it's funny that you know, as Landon mentioned, it's in, most of them are Python. So <laughs> if you want to like integrate most of them, you know, that's all the stuff is. You know, I th- what is it? Panda tables that all the data stuff runs on for Python. I don't. I don't oh, know. Uh, like pandas and like data tables and, and all that yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting. So you, what was adapted. what was the equivalent Ruby that you mentioned then? Oh, to oh, so I I mentioned like Rumali uh, is one of the libraries Rumali. that I use to build my project out. But there's other there's other ways to pull on linear regression. I mean, you could write it from scratch. I just didn't want to do that. Um, and <laughs> honestly. I think the best way for Rubyists maybe use machine learning now, or I guess Rails is, I guess people are running more Ruby on Rails than just pure Ruby stuff, but people are doing Ruby stuff too, uh, is probably maybe PyCall, because you can call all the, the Python libraries mm-hmm. and so you have your data science team build the model and you just call, you know, have your little function and pass in whatever data you want and I'll pop the thing you want to display that you're predicting. So I, I honestly would say that's probably the best out right now, but I definitely like pushing on the edges of like what can Ruby do, what's out there right now. Uh, and I have to give a shout out to uh, Andrew Kane. Uh, his website and the work that he's done is incredible. I think he's come out with like 300 something open source libraries ranging from Postgres related things to, you know, there might be some PHP mm-hmm. stuff, Ruby stuff, but he he's built out a lot of uh, useful, helpful libraries or sorry, gems that people can use in the, in the Ruby community and has a lot of really great examples. Uh, he even has some uh, blog posts where he does like some Im- image recognition 
pulling out like uh, different objects in the pictures and uh, that's a lot of that stuff he's, he's kind of adapted I think from other uh, libraries and has written Ruby wrappers around all these libraries to give Rubyists the tools to kind of do the same things as everyone else. I, I just would like to see more people using them and that's kind of the journey I'm kind of going down <laughs> is to say mm-hmm. the tools are here and they're getting better and you know if we if we don't use them as a community like we're not we're not going to make progress so I'm yeah, home at night sense. reading a lot of technical stuff and suffering so that we can make progress yeah. <laughs> no but it's fun so <clears throat> you know you did the the weather prediction with the linear regression um I mean, I guess I'm kind of wondering what the next step is, right? Or what the next, is there a next project or something else you're going to add to this? Or Yeah, so I'm trying to, I would like to produce more examples um, and try to, you know, build some more small examples to show people how they can use these technologies. Um, my end goal is just to get people using it more in Ruby and in the Rails community. Um, I, I've toyed around with the idea of creating some small courses that are just like, hey, you know, here's how you build your own like neural network in raw Ruby, like nothing else. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if people understand the fundamentals, um, and this is where I get hung up with even on LinkedIn, like I get really, I don't I get hung up on this is a lot of people are talking about like these higher level concepts, but nobody really understands underneath, like what is a neural network? Like I'm saying myself, right. like, you know, how well do I understand these concepts? The lower you go, the deeper you get into them and try to break them down in, ter- in terms of like how everything is working. You know, if, if you don't understand the lower level concepts, like all this, LLM and all these big term things, they don't, it, it doesn't really mean anything unless you know how, understand how these tools are like working. Um, and, and we see like people don't understand what they're doing underneath. And I'm not saying everybody does, but I feel like someone, people have to communicate like what these tools are doing. There was a, there was a, a mishap that happened recently at a, at, the, at a university where a professor was like putting, you know, people's papers for their like final exam or something right before these students were walking across graduation, you're laughing, you've, you've seen it. And he was failing his students because the language model, you know, told him that, you know, they had all plagiarized. It's like, that is a fundamental misunderstanding about what these tools are doing. And we have to educate people on like how they work, like on a lower level, you know? And if we mm-hmm. don't, we're going to have problems. Like, like as much as people want to believe it, ChatGPT is not, you know, it's not turnitin.com, you know, and, uh, you know, even though it can sometimes detect when like stuff it's generated, you know, it, as it grows and gets more sophisticated and as they train more data, it's not going to always be able to detect even itself. Like, uh, we're always generating more than we can, you know, consume. And so it's, it's got to always like kind of keep up. I kind of think about the same thing with like, ad blockers like ad blockers were blocking code on you know ads on pages and then the pages adapted to like detect if the ad blocker was blocking it and do some judo so it doesn't get detected and then it would still pop up and then the ad blockers had to 
you know, write some more code to block the detection, you know, method. Like, it's just, I feel like it's, it's maybe a bit of the same with AI, like artificial intelligence and LLMs and stuff like that. I also don't know where LLMs are going right now because, because there was that article by Noam Chomsky. I don't know if you saw it in the New York uh, Times. Uh, where he was talking about some of the limitations of LLM. And then I think I've seen stuff from like Sam from OpenAI, the CEO, and kind of seeing a lot of people talking about LLMs being sort of a dead end and leaning back into like, oh, maybe we need like smaller, like I think the term that they use are like foundation models that we could like give to people and they can build on top of it. Like um, instead of all these super general purpose can do everything models. Like, you know, so. Yeah. It's interesting to see where things are turning. Yeah. Yeah. I was just getting back to my, you know, initial point of like, you know, the conglomerate of LLMs (laughs) taking over uh, what was machine learning and now is just like AI, which people are now, okay, well, now it's just an umbrella over machine learning. Uh, And Mm -hmm. lots of people don't even like, you know, saying AI (laughs) that understand the the core concepts because it is, uh, you know, for one, it's like it's not really general purpose. There's like very specific purposes, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Because of how it's built, and like it doesn't solve everything, right? Like uh, as an example, like eye tracking, <laughs> like uh, you can use Dolly, but like it's not efficient enough to like track eye movement in a uh, time that makes sense, right? Like mm-hmm. you can't do a lot of real time things that way. Um, I guess whisper maybe being a, an exception to that specific rule for audio. Um, but like, I, I think you're right. I think like smaller models still make a lot of sense. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, we'll see. Like, uh, I, I attended an event from OpenAI that like they had a bunch of people on it that were like kind of evangelizing it and saying how they were mm-hmm. working on it. Uh, and they seem to think that, you know, the the models were so good that it would just like, completely make obliterate any like traditional machine learning so like they're kind of like definitively set on okay any any machine learning team you have is going to have a hard time because large language models are the future of machine learning (laughs) and i'm not sold on that yet you know I, i i definitely agree with you and uh you know the more that people play with it i mean but we'll see you know may maybe they get better but from what's being communicated, it seems like they're hitting their limits, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, even some of these new open source models where they're, you know, it, I forget, uh, Dave Kamara, he shared like a, a distributed uh, project for large language models. Uh, and even that is like not very performant. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see kind of how that goes. Uh, I, I did want to call, I, I've, I was looking for this link. Uh, there is a Psy Ruby uh, that yeah. Kind of been, uh, yeah. I'm curious if you, uh, you know, if you've gotten involved with them yet, uh, if you've worked with any of their projects, uh, because uh, they, they're uh, for for those that don't know, Psy Ruby is like the tools for scientific computing in Ruby, uh, and there's a lot of great uh, community around that and projects that they're spearheading. Um, I, I, I have not like been involved with it or, or seen it in quite a while. So <laughs> I'm interested, uh, if you found it. 
Yeah. So funny enough, I, I'm on a couple Thai Ruby chat groups and I think I might have had permit some permission on the GitHub repo now. Um, I was using, uh, Daru, which is a data frame library, um, for my, for my project. And, uh, I believe that gem is hosted on CyRuby's, uh, page. And, um, I kind of realized I was like, well, if, if Rubyists are going to make any sort of headway in the AI, I'm going to start using machine learning out of instead of artificial intelligence as much like we're going to have to rely on these gems because these are are what's out here andrew kane is writing a ton of new stuff but these are the existing ones and they they serve as a good foundation for doing different projects and so i reached out actually um to that email address on that cyrus account on github and i was told like hey maybe this email thread thing isn't as active like go to this channel and so then i found like uh it was i think whoever emailed me back sent me to like a google like the google uh groups channel and then i was in there poking around and there seemed to be some activity but then there was like this irc slash matrix server that i had to like connect to and then i got into there and then I, i met someone who um like you know, wants to do more with it. And so like, I've been getting more active uh, with the CyRuby community and uh, have been in conversation. But yeah, that, I think that's going to be a group that's critical to um, kind of I- I- advancing things a little bit. Um, funny enough, we the, the meeting was like called together uh, and I ended up in like, this was like Sunday before RailsConf. I was still in Rochester in this room and I ended up in a, a video chat, although it was more audio chat, uh, w- with a gentleman in Japan. <laughs> and it was hilarious because it ended up being, oh man, I'm going to forget their name. Um, but he had written a data frame library too. And he was going to speak at Ruby Kaigi. Uh, I think it's called like Ruby Ember or something like that. And he was telling me about the work that he was doing and how active, you know, Ruby is in Japan. And I just thought it was super cool to just be in this person's uh, presence. Uh, and it just kind of shows that there are people working on different aspects of, you know, the things that are needed to do Ruby, uh, like, do, sorry, do machine learning in Ruby. Um, so, I, so I think, I think CyRuby is going to be really important, um, whatever ends up becoming of it. Um, in terms of how active it is, I feel like it's a little less active. Some of some of the some of the libraries you'll notice on there like haven't been updated, and they're solid. But I think I think we need people to you know push on it and and, and try to like update some of these libraries or start start new projects um, and kind of get more active in the community. Or else, you know, if we don't build nice things, we won't you know have nice things. Um, so. It's funny because uh, <laughs> you mentioned Japan and like uh, the Ruby Kaigi, uh, and that's where I even <laughs> I I went to Ruby Kaigi in 2015, so that was a long time ago. Uh, and that it's like completely different uh, in like in that part of the world for Ruby, right? Because that's their language of choice, mm-hmm. uh, which. At, at the time, I, I don't think it was. I think they had still prescribed a Python uh, for the mm. for Japanese like 
uh, internal projects, but maybe that's changed. But uh, it seemed like that was like the, you know, people had MRuby. MRuby was just announced in 2015 that mm -hmm. I knew of. And I had just like, uh, you know, realized that Ruby was used outside of Rails, like much more frequently for a lot of people, right? And so uh, it's funny because like you open up like the Ruby source code and it's like a lot of like very academic work, right? Like there's a lot mm -hmm. of like, uh, here's the, you know, proof for this particular mathematical formula that we've implemented in Ruby uh, from C and like here it is in C because a lot of Ruby is written in C, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And so you start like going through and the more you like pick apart the language, the more it becomes like, well, this is like a very like mathematical like thing. Like, uh, you know, the language is built to solve mathematical problems, I, you know, initially, <laughs> like any mm -hmm. language. Uh, and so it's like, uh, it's kind of funny to see how it's progressed with MRuby, like trying to take on more of these computing challenges, right? Uh, and more distributed things. So like, I'm hopeful that that continues and progresses. I know there was an announcement uh, at one of the Ruby comps that they that this is a problem, right? Data science and Ruby is not a thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, so, I mean, <clears throat> we'll see. I'm hopeful. Uh, but what what was your take from like the Sci Ruby community? Like you mentioned that not being like that big, <laughs> but are was it like is it active? Like, are people, you know, really building on top of the things that they're releasing? Yeah. And I guess when, I, when I'm saying it's not that big, there's a lot of people in the Google groups and some of these channels. I just think it wasn't as, like, yeah, probably active, uh, like, people pushing to these gems and actively yeah. ma maintaining them. Yeah. But one, one thing so, I, I've heard from people is just, like... <laughs> And I feel like I'm just here to knock Python. I'm I'm really not. Like most of the ML <laughs> models I've built have been in Python. And um it's easier because right now the documentation and that was the other thing. I, I said two things earlier that Python had. One of them actually was like the documentation, like the community aspect too. But like the documentation just isn't really there for Ruby right now. And I'm, you know, like some people are coming out with some stuff, but it's it's hard to build a model. When you're trying to figure out like AI and like sorry, when you're trying to figure out like how to learn about machine learning and there's no like guide that you can follow, you just have to follow the Python guide and adapt everything to your use case, which is like double the work, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's funny because um, uh, the the embedded systems is the same way, right? Like uh, mm -hmm. anytime you want to like hack on some hardware, you can do it in Ruby. Uh, and thankfully, because of MRuby, you could do it on a lot more boards. Uh, but it's still like not the same as the plug and play Python, where there's so many mm -hmm. libraries out there that are just like have already built all the drivers for all the different sensors and things like that. So I'm curious what your take is like, uh, like what's missing? Like if you wanted, if you know, if you wanted to point more people toward making it happen in Ruby, like. What what are some of the you know core pieces that you've seen like need help that are missing Ruby? I think honestly, I just I think a lot of it is getting people to use it. Like this sounds bad, but I don't think it's really that hard. Like it's a lot, uh, but it's 
it's not that hard. For example, I was I was talking to my girlfriend yesterday and I was reading I'm reading this long book to build to, to see if I want to build a neural network in pure Ruby and going through some of the concepts like, oh, here's a perceptron and here's here's a bias and here's a weight and just drawing it out um, at this cocktail bar I was hanging out with a couple of days ago. And I I so I show my girlfriend a picture of like the perceptron and you know it's kind of like oh this is, looks like a lot you do some math too um, <laughs> you, you have some you know you, you, and and but then I stopped and I was like so this perceptron you can think about it as like this neuron like in the brain you know if there, there's an input and and a neuron like fires and it fires off a bunch of other neurons well well hit these little tails here these are these are the inputs that this takes and it just like the brain it kind of fires off just like that and he's like she gave me a compliment she's like you're really good at explaining things and making it simpler and i was like i think it's the opposite i think a lot of this stuff and i went on kind of i was talking to some people at blue ridge ruby about this too i feel like a lot of it sometimes to me feels like when people explain it there's all this terminology that i don't understand and they People sometimes make it more complex than it needs to be. But I really think even kids can understand, you know, the 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 the, ba- the fundamental basics of machine learning. It's just all the other stuff that that all the buzzwords that kind of get confusing. Like you hear words like TensorFlow and that sounds super intense, you know, or or whatever, pandas or you know, it sounds really confusing, but I think on the base level, it's like simple and you, you sort of build your knowledge incrementally. And like, as we build this and kind of getting your point, like what, where do we need effort and where do you need people to spend time? Like as we start using the tools more, we'll identify gaps where we could, where we can grow. I'll, I'll tell you one advantage I see with Ruby is like a lot of like data. So, so one of the things, one of the concepts I talk about in my talk that I pulled from the internet and learned about in, in my coursework is 80, 20 that 80% of the time you're going to spend trying to build your machine learning model is going to be dealing with the data. How are you going to, how are you going to handle nil, missing value? You know, are you going to take the average? What average are you going to take? Are you going to take a median or are you going to take a pure average? Are you just going to drop the rows that have the nil? Well, you're losing a bunch of information in the other columns, you know, that you want to build your model. You need all this. And it's like, uh, but, but Ruby, I think is pretty good at handle, like you give it a CS, you give someone a CSV, you can, rip through that CSV and clean up the data really effectively. Like that part of it, I don't think, like, I just, I don't understand like the limits there. You, you can, you can clean up a lot of data. The, the model building is, is, is 20% of the time you're going to spend and ensure that there's some libraries that can be cleaned up and, you know, sure there's some tutorials that could be made and cow paths that could be had, but, uh, a lot of that, um, once people start using these tools, I, I think a lot of that will get solved as well. Um, so in short, I think getting people to use use the tools and if there's tutorials out there and getting people to play with them, like, you know, the people in high school who are just now learning, they like Ruby and they want to learn about this subject. If they start using it, they're going to create some really incredible stuff. Um, so. Yes, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. Uh... You know, even in Python, if you want something to be fast, like you go to C or mm-hmm. <laughs> or some other right lower level uh, system where you have more access to the resources at 
you know, at disposal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we can you know, do that. You do the same thing. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, really, it's it's really like <laughs> it's funny. Like I personally don't think. Oh, like let me build a Ruby extension, right? Uh, and I was hopeful when I saw like the Rust adoption into uh, mm-hmm. the Ruby source, right? With uh, all of the the new widget and things like that. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. hopeful that what comes out of that is more of like a uh, a more efficient process for streamlining that, right? Like, you know, building an extension is is straightforward. The documentation isn't great, but it's it's straightforward. You know, there's specific things that you follow, like in Rails or something like that, uh, where everything mm-hmm. lines up and you put them, you put the pieces here, and then you get access to your C extensions. The experience isn't great. <laughs> Right, like it's still like testing is not, you know, straightforward. Like there are mm-hmm. some missing pieces, uh, and that's kind of where I'm hoping that the gaps get filled, and we'll see that skyrocket. Right, where we can get access to these lower level libraries and systems, maybe through us, maybe through something else, uh, where it just becomes easier to build on top of. And yeah, I, I feel like that's that's maybe one thing Python uh, has is that platform for growth. Uh, and but, I mean, I'd, I'd be interested to, to play with something like that, uh, to get, you know, to try just doing your linear regression in C through or through an extension, right. And see yeah. if it is more performant, right. Uh, baby steps. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, Definitely. So so I'm curious when you're going through like your neural network process uh, and you're learning these things, are are you taking like uh, these example projects that maybe you're seeing and like already thinking about uh, like building it in Ruby or do you want to like see it through in Python or whatever, uh, you know, tutorials, the language of choice for the tutorial and then like backport? Uh, what has been your approach for that? So... My approach has been, uh, so I had been building a lot of like models and projects in Python because I did that course with great learning. And I thought what I was going to do is what you're saying is like build it in Python and then build it in Ruby. And I did do that kind of with this project. So if you, if you go to my, the GitHub repo with this project, there was another gentleman who, who did a similar project that I sort of adapted. What he did, not one for one in the code, but sort of the methodology and sort of the project. And I think I picked a different model. So, so I, I kind of did do that. Um, I've been, I've been hesitant and I, and all fairness, I don't know if I'm going to do this neural network project, but I'm still trying to figure out how I want to do it. There, there's a one side of it where I, I read a really deep technical paper, technical book, which is like what I'm doing now to try to understand all the different everything that goes into the project. Um, I, I'm trying I'm trying to stick with that and not adapt to Python intentionally so I can have a better understanding. Because it's easy to take code that's already written and be like this if statement gets replaced with this Ruby if statement. This you know method gets replaced with this Ruby method and all the logic that's in that method gets copied over and then it's like I have one for one what the other person has. But the thing I don't have, in theory, I might have a little bit more, but the thing I don't think I'll have is the understanding. And I'm really trying to get a deeper understanding of 
if I was thrown into a room and you asked me to write such and such an algorithm or such and such a machine learning model, like a neural net, like could I do that without any outside reference to Python code or anything like that? Could I just understand the formulas and do it? And that's kind of what I'm after personally, because I think if I understand that, when new innovations come out in the machine learning world, like I will understand those much better because I have a foundation. And that's how math works, right? Like if you don't understand elementary algebra, you can't do calculus. You're lost all in calculus. Like you, there's no hope of doing differentials or anything like that. And then when you take Cal 2, it, it just gets harder. And it's like, but the fundamentals really help you out when people are doing high level things and you can say like, oh, that kind of relates back to this mathematical principle, kind of like linear regression. If you have any understanding of y equals mx to c and drawing a best fit line through a bunch of data points, you know, it, it kind of makes sense how you can use that for multiple variables and and sometimes it gets hard to visualize like, okay, you have one line or you have multiple variables or multiple inputs so you have multiple best fit lines with multi-linear regression, like it gets a little fuzzy, but you have some intuition about like what is happening. Um, and I think people need to build that intuition up in general, or we're going to have more of a safe where people just put things into chat GPT and say, be turn it in. Like, you know, like what are the pitfalls of that? Um, <laughs> so, that so that's how I'm trying to learn right now. I don't know if I'll stick with it. I may be like, ah, oh, to heck with it. Let me just copy this neural network that's implemented from scratch in Python that someone's done and just, one for one Ruby. I might do that too, and there might be benefit in that. But yeah, yeah I, I started doing that with a uh, a Raspberry Pi uh, Python library, and uh, then I hit some like language level <laughs> uh, things that are that work in Python but not Ruby. I'm like, oh, I guess I'll delete this line. <laughs> uh, which which version? Which Python were you using? I know there's like a bunch of different ones. um th this was maybe like three years ago now i was okay. playing with it uh <laughs> i i think it was before three yeah it was like two seven or something like that okay nice. <laughs> so maybe maybe it's maybe it's come i mean i i know i don't think ruby has implemented this feature yet uh it was like a way that it uh cleaned up the, the memory allocations but <laughs> it was i can't even remember now <laughs> but it was something like just you know i didn't want to learn about it <laughs> yeah and, and then and then i got to the point where uh, where i just like left it and somebody else came in and was like why don't we just use this thing <laughs> i was like yes mm -hmm. let's use that thing but you know yeah. like, to your point though you learned you know all those other things and how it all worked uh copying it over uh so i mean there is value in that um you know just yeah yeah who is it? Uh, you know, th didn't Steve Jobs say like great artists steal, right? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Good, good artists borrow, great artists steal, right? Great artists steal, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, there's a lot like you know, it. I, I'm really good at copying things artwork wise. Mm -hmm. which I'm not. I'm not a great artist, but like I could copy something pretty good. And like I, I learned some techniques doing that, right? Like oh, like that you know, some things shaded a specific way, and like. I feel like programming is the same way, you know, like, yeah. oh, like you've learned something that maybe, you know, Rubyists don't do because we don't need to. 
but mm-hmm. it's a helpful technique, right? And so you can apply it in different, you know, different ways. So in different ways, yeah. I, you said something very important that I think is important to just as we expand into this whole in all spaces. You said someone, I think you said someone helped you or showed you something different later, and uh, I think that's a big part of it too. Is like I, I have no hope that I'm going to be an expert. I, I don't even proclaim to be an expert in AI or anything to such. And, uh, but like, I know enough to be dangerous and other, like I can get so far and other people will come along and say, Oh, I looked at Lennon's project. or I looked at someone else's project and they can build upon it and, and take it to new levels that, you know, I never even thought of. And I think that's, how kind of progress is made where it's like you throw a stone and then it ripples and people do kind of mm-hmm. what they want with the technology and that's how things grow um and i was going to circle back to another thing we're talking a lot about large language models and everybody's like abandoning every other you know you know uh different way of doing machine learning or non-machine learning ai methods and i don't think that's necessarily healthy to like go into this homogenous pattern like Honestly, I'll be excited when people get bored of LLMs and it's considered, you know, dead, which sounds like blasphemy because really all the other things that we've tried, we've just gotten stuck at those points. Like for a while, we wouldn't even go down this path because we were stuck. Why were we stuck? Well, because, you know, we, we didn't have enough computational power and the data hadn't like launched out all these like GPUs and, and maybe... I don't know if this is true, but like maybe Bitcoin had something to do to accelerate it, right? Because everybody's using all these GPUs and things to mine Bitcoin. It's like, that's, in my opinion, a little bit of waste of time. And so like, but now like they've invested all this money. And so now we have all these graphics. Oh, we can do all this cool stuff. And now we're throwing all those resources at, you know, training these, you know, LLMs. And then that's how progress Mm -hmm. is made. Like we did bad stuff. And then that bad stuff turned out to be good in some other domain. And like, look how far we are. But just because we kind of hit a wall in some of the other directions that people have done with like AI and machine learning, it's like it doesn't mean that those walls won't be break, broken down and people are going a totally like different path. Uh, kind of what we were talking about where it's like, oh, large language models. Well, now we're thinking about looking at small models again. Like, but then, you know, two years after that, they'll be thinking about large models again. Like it's, it's kind of cyclical and we're always trying to figure there's more, there's always more. It's very generative, you know, or maybe we can use hybrid techniques, you know, to solve problems. So it's interesting. Yeah. You're, <laughs> you're so right about that. And I feel like that's how Rails like really launched Ruby, <laughs> to be honest, mm-hmm. is like, yeah. you know, uh, Rails like became the, was a very like, it solved very specific set of problems in the web world, web programming world, and it, it solved them really well. And it was mm-hmm. easy to reason about. And that, like, the whole magic of Rails, right? Uh, and it kind of like made it, <laughs> you know, Ruby became very popular because of Rails. You can't really deny that. But now that mm-hmm. we're like, now that Rails is so big, uh, there, there's so many other like projects that Ruby's like grown to, right? Uh, MRuby is a perfect example of that. And so it'll be interesting to see, like, because uh, doing Ruby and embedded programming was, like, also not a thing. Right? Mm-hmm. So, like, now it is a thing. And, like, people have boards that you can get, and it has Ruby embedded on on the actual yep. board. And that's how you program. 
And it's incredible, right? And like, so I, I, you're so right. Like if we can get like, you know, just people using it and the framework starting to build, like uh, it, I would love to use machine learning in yeah. my apps, right? Like everything's all in one place. Like we don't have to have data teams that have no idea about Ruby, right? Like, uh, which is kind of like where teams end up, right? You end up having to hire completely separate, right? Like where yeah. do we need to hire completely separate? Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. So, I, mean, I was, we'll uh, see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I when I was at RailsConf, one of the things that I was kind of curious about was Shopify, and <clears throat> I I was curious on how they are doing all their machine learning stuff, and and from what I gathered, because I was like running up to. The developers there just like asking like are, are you doing anything with you know ml and ruby and and what i gather i think they're a little bit i think they have like separate teams like i think they have their dev team and their their data science team and i think so this kind of loops into like why i think it's important that people do ml and ruby is like i just really think it's beneficial because you can have such richer conversation you know, maybe if you're speaking the same language, you know, like if your applications in Python and your data scientists are using Python as well, well, now that software engineers can show the data scientists like, hey, you know how you're you're processing the data in this way? It's actually inefficient. And like from our computer science background, we can tell you like this is a better way to do it in your Jupyter notebook or whatever. And they're like, oh, that's super helpful. And like, you know how you're trying to do some statistical related thing in the in the software application, like you should do it this way from our background in data science and you can improve. And then there's this cross collaboration that goes on um, that I think would be like really, really beneficial. Um, but, you know, if everybody's sort of like siloed off, you know, it, it could be hard to like take in the advantages of either, either side. And maybe, maybe the truth is that we just have people become more polyglot. Like maybe Rails develop. I don't. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. Maybe Rails developers <laughs> should just learn more Python, and Python developers should <laughs> learn more Rails, and we should we should cross contaminate a little bit and kind of improve the whole ecosystem. Maybe there are things that you can do with Rails or ways that you can reason about things like that we haven't really thought of as being beneficial in in Ruby. I keep saying Rails in Ruby. Like you know, I, I was thinking. This is weird, and I, I don't know if this has anything to do with anything. One day, I was like, I was, I was like, I wonder if if meta programming could benefit, like, you know, machine learning in any sort of way. Like, maybe not. Like, maybe I'm just totally off base, and I don't know what I'm thinking right now. But maybe there's something special that could be brought over that only Ruby could bring. Or because we were thinking in Ruby, we had that insight, and somehow thinking in Python, it made it a little bit harder. Uh, maybe not because they're kind of a higher level languages, but, but I don't know yet. Like we have to keep learning. We have to keep trying things. You know, what was our, what did our president say? Like we do these things, not because they're easy. It was like JFK right. or something, but because they're it was like the moon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm butchering the quote, <laughs> but we do these things because they're hard and through going, going through the hardness, allows us to learn so many things, you know, that we we wouldn't have tried otherwise. Like there's so many times in school where teachers will say, 
this is the method to get to the answer. Well, there might be a totally different method, but because everybody's using the other method, we never discover there's like a whole set of paths and a whole set of interesting things mm-hmm. you can do that we just abandon because it's like, well, Python is the de facto, that's what you're supposed to do. It's like, no, but if we, if we just did what we were supposed to do, we would never have Rails and we'd all be sitting around, I'm going to say this, sitting around in a Microsoft shop somewhere writing, you know, <laughs> ASP.net. Like, no, like, you know. <laughs> well, no offense the, to anyone the, who writes ASP.net. I love, I love you all. Keep doing the great work. Well, the other thing that we see with a lot of these kinds of things is that, um, you know, so let's say that we actually go and we implement a lot of the stuff that Python has pioneered in this area, right? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we we invent, you know, something that looks a lot like it. And then, yeah, we invent some thing that's just, you know, a step or two beyond that, right? And what we'll see is then we'll see a lot of the other ecosystems pick that up, right? And then they'll innovate something and so on and so forth, right? Um, it's funny, I have a, a really good friend and he, he he's totally in love with Laravel, right? It's just, mm. it's the best thing ever, right? And so he comes to me all the time and he's like, he's like, hey, you know, you should switch to Laravel because it does, I, I don't know, I pick a feature, right? And and uh, it's so funny because more than like probably 80% of the time I look at him and go, oh, well, Rails does that too and for longer, right? Yeah. And so, you know, but but it's that thing, right, where it's made these other ecosystems go and implement something that was really good. And who knows? Who knows? Maybe something in, in the Ruby AI ecosystem, if we pioneer this forward, you know, could open up some new way of doing some things that are awesome. So, yeah, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of hoping that uh, serverless would, would solve a lot of this for us, right? <laughs> the, con- the concept where, like, you know, we, we don't care uh, what the service, like the endpoints are, right? right? Like, just the service itself does its thing and then gives you back outputs and you give it inputs and that's it, right? Like it would be great yeah. if machine learning, just like any anything you wanted to compute or did like it, it just like you passed it into this thing and it gave you out and you connected to it, right? Like mm-hmm. that would be ideal. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I know it's not like easy to do. <laughs> yeah. But that's, it's like our missing piece, right? Like I was hopeful yeah. like, you know, WebAssembly and things like this, like, it would make this kind of thing uh, happen on an easier, uh, on a bigger scale, right? Where, okay, we don't care what you write things in. And may- maybe that's not the right way either, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe mm-hmm. just use what you're good at. And like, every language has these things, right? Like, these core yeah. concepts. It's a programming language. It should do these things because this is what we need computers for, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. There's like a tension yeah. there where it's like, Picking yeah. the right tool for the job, but also not, <laughs> you know, going in on 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 one one technology and kind of making it the tool to do everything, you know. Yeah, and I, because when it comes back to it, it's all about like academics, right? Like, where is the money being put to research mm-hmm. this stuff, right? Like, if we want to add new models or add new innovations, like, what are researchers and institutions like reaching for? 
to solve these problems, right? And mm -hmm. if it's Python, I don't even know that it's Python. There was like R for a while, right? Like, uh, oh, like what comes out of there is basically what gets adopted. And I feel like that is maybe more of what's missing, right? It's like the framework on top of the academics for mm -hmm. everything else to trickle out of, right? Um, that's one thing I see missing. But yeah. I'm not in the world. <laughs> maybe yeah. it's already there and I don't know it. <laughs> if, if you're out there listening and you know, uh, you know, let me know on Twitter because I would love to know. <laughs> yeah, I think there's something to, this is a totally different direction, but like something to like joy as well. Like I mm -hmm. found out that, you know, I didn't, you know, I thought I had a lot of insecurity early on in my career about not being a great developer. And, you know, I learned programming a little bit younger and I uh, did a bunch of stuff in Java and it just, it just wasn't really clicking for me. Like I just struggled so much and even like C++ clicked more for me or like Ruby clicked more for me. And I, mm -hmm. and I, I often wondered, um, you know, I wonder if different brains just, and, and probably just true, like things just click differently for different people. And had I been forced to be like, you have to write Java and Spring Boot applications for a career, like I would, I would have just lost <laughs> like the joy and the momentum to develop and try new things. And it was just for me, even doing this whole talk was because I was like, Ruby's so cool and it optimizes for developer happiness and I love it. And like, because I have all this extra energy at the end of the day, because I actually love it so much and I'm not doing Java, well, now I'm going to try this unique thing that I would have never, ever, ever, ever tried in Java. Like, and someone feels the same about Java and doesn't like Ruby, but like, or vice versa. And it's like, even just the humanness part is something that I feel like people miss. Like me loving what I do and being in a language that I love what I do, like pushes me to push the limits of a technology and find new things and, and learn about new things. And that contributes to the ecosystem, you know, um, versus like not enjoying the language I'm using or the technologies that I'm using, like, you know, and, and maybe that helps unlock, you know, more progress, right? Yeah. Developer happiness. <laughs> yeah, that reminds me of uh, the Ruby microscope, which is now out of date but right like it was some guy that was a just, book right yeah it was a book but okay. like somebody that's just writing down you know everything he's finding about how ruby works <laughs> and, and then it like you know makes this book and uh you know it becomes this like de facto source oh you want to know how like ruby's internals work you look at ruby under the microscope uh and you know it's it just seems to be like that thing right like you you learn it and you write down what you learn from it and like it could change like you know significantly how you know how it all works you know you never yeah. know <laughs> yep who, who knows but yeah. I, I agree with you there like learning is definitely key like the, the inquisitive mind does like wild things right curiosity <laughs> yeah <laughs> so what's cool. next well outside of uh Outside of like this neural net uh, ideology, uh, you know, like Blue Ridge Ruby, I, I would love to know. I, I know we had like uh, Jeremy on and uh, mm -hmm. what was his name, Mark? Mark. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and 
Jeremy yeah, Smith how did and that go? Uh, Mark what? Locklear. Yeah. Right, Mark Locklear. Um, I'm curious how that regional conference like felt in comparison to maybe one of the bigger ones, and, yeah, and maybe some I, highlights that you liked of it. I, I loved it. Like I've been to three conferences in my life. You know, spoken at two. I went to Ruby Comp into last year, Rails Comp this year, and this one. And this was, I have to say, this was my favorite. Just having like a it, just a smaller regional comp conference you know it felt feeling a little bit more intimate Asheville was just a beautiful location and vendor um it was just i just had a lot of fun and it was just i think uh one of the things that is hard to like explain uh like being here versus being there was just i felt like mark and jeremy really uh instilled a lot in themselves into um the conference um uh, Jeremy began the conference with this meditation. He did a lot of really interesting things, but it was, he was talking kind of, was talking about healthy ecosystems and, uh, like what makes healthy ecosystems sort of work. And, um, and it, it was just a very mindful sort of meditation. He did another thing later in the conference where he just asked people to express gratitude and people were expressing gratitude for other people in the community that had helped them that had given them opportunities you know and it's just i feel like some of that is like lost it it, it like our day-to-day of like we're writing code we're getting the job done there's fires we're putting them out and it's like how often do you think about all the people who have helped you be where you are and and that ends up opening up another door of like if we continue if we want to continue to have great like kind of moments to get together in technology and and have things growing we need to like build a community that can support that we need to like mentor others um and help more junior people and like practicing gratitude maybe that has something to do with you know creating a healthy ecosystem where we can do our best work as engineers and for me blue red ruby really captured that 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 community aspect like I really felt refreshed when I got back to my work on Monday. Like, oh, I'm so excited, you know, you know, uh, I'm going to do a bunch of stuff in the evenings, Ruby related and, you know, just have a good time. You know, it was, it was just a really, it was a really great experience. Um, and it was also a one track conference. So it was like, you didn't have to pick and choose which, which talk you, you saw. It was all, you know, they were all kind of there and uh, you, you got to see like everyone if you wanted to. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I uh, attended Philly RB for for a while, and uh, okay, it, it it was yeah, I really enjoyed. Uh, I know it's even smaller; it's not really a conference, but you know the format. I was there two nights ago, like literally. Oh, really? <laughs> Either last night or the night before. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't attend many, maybe like five or six uh, of the meetups, but I always, you know, it's always great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get that smaller community and it is like easier to connect with people. Um, yep. And it still has that conference feel with people giving talks and, you know, mm-hmm. you get to follow up with them, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Which as a speaker remember, maybe isn't that great. <laughs> but Yeah, well, and back in the day, I mean, all the regional conferences like Mountain Westerby Conference here in Salt Lake, right? It was just, you know, it was small enough to where you really could, you know, find the people you wanted to interact with. And, you know, you had a lot of people from across the community showing up. 
Um, I feel like RailsConf and RubyConf, you just, you have so many people there that it's, it's, it's easy to get lost in the shuffle. I mean, the, the flip side is, is that it's a large enough conference to where it provides you a wide breadth of whatever you want to learn. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I can't say that it's a, a poor option. It's just a different option. And it's nice to have that different option where you can go and be part of a smaller group. And then, yeah, the users groups are even more that way, right? Because you show up, you have 30, 40, 50 people there. You know, maybe the bigger ones I've seen are 100, maybe a little bit larger than that. And so, yeah, you get to know people. You get to kind of build that that community that way. It's it's yeah. awesome. Have you, have you heard of conference or what is it? Con- uh, sorry, hallway track. Yes, oh, the hallway track. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The hallway track is awesome. It is awesome. Someone <laughs> introduced me to that in my first conference. I was like, "You can do this. You cannot go to a conference talk because you feel cognitive yes. is overloaded because it's your first time being at a conference and you don't <laughs> understand the, yeah. the minutia of." You know, David Patterson's really awesome talk. You can just hang out into in the in the in the hall, you know. Talk with people and it's so cool. I don't know if you they can still watch, do it. Watch talks later. They used to do the uh, the unconference, uh, which was like an extension of the hallway track, where they had like a oh. special room that was devoted to like, you know, people that wanted to come in off of the hallway for like <laughs> a, a non conference conference <laughs> and they would have talks and it was kind of funny. Uh, yeah, I've seen those. Um, usually, what <laughs> what they are, they're kind of the the impromptu talks, right? right. So people just sign yeah. up for a room, or they'll submit the talks for the unconference, and then yeah, people vote on them, and then they just get slotted in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, never mind. Right, well, there were some lightning talks. Oh, sorry. I'll go ahead. No, it's it's good. That time. <laughs> yeah, we're getting close to time. But go ahead and say what you were going to say about lightning talks. In the no, I, I was just going to say there were lightning talks at Blue Ridge Ruby, and one of the favorite, my favorite lightning talks. I forget, I forget who it's by. Oh, Opisio Link. Um, yeah, it's blinking. But he was he was using a lot of like uh, like not real terminology. For, for different things. So he's talking about like Lambda and he's like, this is often known as the alligator eating the hot dog or expression or whatever. And we were all laughing and it's just like, and then he was right. talking about procs. Procs don't get hot dogs, so they're unhappy and so they throw this error or whatever. It was, it was great. Like, it's just, it's just fun to have those things that come Procs, not so. crocs. Yeah, procs, not crocs. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, <laughs> Well, thanks for having me here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to go ahead and do picks. Um, I tried doing a self-promo thing and it didn't really go. So if you have something you want to self-promo, be shameless. Just throw it in your picks. Um, Valentino, why don't you start us off with picks? Oh, man, I'm not quite ready. (laughs) Uh, I guess I've been been doing more lasering. Uh, I have this, uh, you know, 20-watt laser maybe 25 uh-huh. watt laser behind me. And, uh, it's so fun. Uh, it's just like a wavelength, uh, thing. So you don't, you can put your hand under it and it's not going to burn you or anything. Uh, but I, it lets you etch on all kinds of different metals and plastics and woods. And I'm just having a blast with it. It's by a company called Com Maker and super easy to use. I do, 
have to dual boot into Windows to use their software, which is unfortunate. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it works. I could just take a, a vector image even and plop it on and it lasers in it, an image. And it's, it's been a lot of fun. That does sound fun. Um, I'm going to throw out a couple of picks. Uh, the first one, I usually do a board game pick. Um, I'm going to go with a game that I've I've picked before. It's Legendary, Marvel Legendary. Um, we have a whole bunch of the uh, expansions for it as well. So we have like the Hulk expansion, the Thor expansion, and Guardians of the Galaxy expansion. Anyway, that's a ton of fun. Um, it's I think Board Game Geek has a weight on it of like 2.39. So it's pretty simple to pick up if you're a casual gamer. But it has enough of the interesting deck building elements to, you know, to be a fun game if you want to really get into it. So uh, I'm going to pick that. Uh, let's see. Our book club, we're currently doing seven languages in seven weeks. And uh, that's been awesome if you want to join us. Um, we do it every Tuesday morning at nine o'clock. Um, and it's currently $17 a month. And uh, yeah, we jump in, we read the book and all that good stuff. So um, we're getting ready to pick our next book. So just be aware uh, that's going to be a thing. And then um, another thing that I've been playing with, I'm not sure exactly where I'm going to land on this. Um, so I've, I've been using a CRM system to like invite guests and stuff like that. Um, the, the problem I've always had is that none of these do exactly what I want. Um, but I recently saw a demo of Zoho. Um, they have a CRM. They have all kinds of stuff that, that you can uh, run through their system. And uh, anyway, so I've been looking at Zoho for some of the stuff that I want to do. And it looks like it's... So the reason I picked this solution I have now is because it does a whole... It, it uh, eliminated a whole bunch of different apps that I was subscribed to and they all run in the same system. And so they're all mostly integrated. Um, but some of the, the limitations are kind of not great. Uh, and Zoho is a little bit more fully fleshed out. So I've been playing with it to see if it's something that I may want to look at and switch to. So uh, I'm going to pick them just because it's cool stuff. Um, they also have a wider range of API options and a wider range of things that you can integrate with Zapier. And so anyway, uh, those are all... Um, things that I'm looking at right now. So I'm going to pick uh, Zoho. And then, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's all of my picks. Landon, you have some things you want to shout out about? Just, is it is it anything or everything? Anything. Yeah, anything. we have people pick books, TV shows, movies, I mean, We can't have shame, shame, shameless self-promotion. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> well, well, I guess my pick would be uh, NEAT, N-E-A-T, Not Everything's About Technology. Uh, it's a testable uh, newsletter. It's going to be great. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, so I think I think that'll be my pick for the day. Yeah. Good deal. Is, is there a good place to get that? Is there a website or something? Yeah, it'll be testdouble.com slash NEAT, N-E-A-T. So. Awesome. We'll put a link to that in the show notes, too. So. I, I have a uh, a Twitter scanner that looks for any time uh, Justin Searles tweets with neat in it. <laughs> 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 and it's a search filter. And I, I use it as like a, 
oh, like this program is not, uh, you know, behaving as it should. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's pretty great. <laughs> awesome. All right. So one awesome. last question. If people want to follow you online, Twitter, GitHub, Facebook, LinkedIn, where do they find you, Landon? Uh, I'm most active on LinkedIn. Uh, you can search for Landon Gray. Uh, other than that, I'd say Twitter. My online name is The Day Isn't Gray. Uh, and I'll be probably around Twitter until it dies. All right. Or it gets well, thanks better. for coming. This is fun. <laughs> thanks. All right. We're going to. Yeah, we'll wrap up. Yes. Until next time, folks, Max out. <laughs>